This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Welcome everybody to the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host Dale Lugabill. Thanks for joining me. Here is your weekend recap and rant coming at you on a Tuesday the 26th, my daughter's birthday. Happy birthday, Savannah. She is 23 oh my goodness damn i'm old anyways uh so happy birthday to her uh you're getting it just slightly late because monday i was completely exhausted and like couldn't form audible words or discernible words (laughs) it was bad like the this past weekend and I think actually the past two weeks have just took it out of me. So, sorry for uh, it being a little late. Some of you might still get this on, on officially Tuesday, Tuesday night, but uh, most of you will probably get it Wednesday morning, 27th. But, hey, you're getting it, all right? At least you're getting it. So, here we go. The recap. So, this past weekend was event number two for Minnesota Made Outdoors. Panfish tournament, ice fishing tournament, league, all those words. Um, so Saturday would have been the last day for uh, pre-fishing and or scouting. Uh, Joel and I pretty much, you know, we had some water we needed to check off. We wanted to kind of, we're going to basically do some hot laps around the lake and keep an eye on our spots to see what other teams had maybe found them or didn't find them and that was going to kind of determine how we were going to 
proceed like our our in order like our a b c d e f spots um as we took off we were in flight three uh for the tournament so it was kind of like well if people are on this spot we'll go to this spot if people are in that spot we're going to go to that spot because uh, in our opinion we thought that there's a couple spots on the lake that it seemed like everybody knew about um there are good spots but i, I felt like that pressure was going to play a role in it because it did play a role in it to us on maple where we didn't have a very good showing um so we were like we're gonna try to just not fish anywhere near anybody else if we can help it or at least not many people and try to keep that you know pressure down to a minimum so we kind of we're rolling around the lake and uh that's pretty much what we're doing um Drilled a camera to a few spots. And then um, really it ended up being uh, kind of just talking with other teams. And we'd run into other teams on the lake. And then we all met back at the landing and had uh, had lunch. Uh, Sean Lakey brought a grill out again. He did that for Maple 2 the day before the event. And I really like that. It really kind of brings the club together. Um, people can kind of each team can kind of feel out the other teams like hey what'd you find what didn't you find you know and then you play the little politics game like did they find anything didn't they you know because you know you give a little information to get some information but you don't want to give too much information away and i'm sure they're the same so you take everything you hear with a grain of salt (laughs) and so it's this weird little political game uh but for the most part people are willing to share at least in in generalities and in, in vague generalities like what they're finding nobody's giving up spots per se um but they you know will give some information you know type of weeds maybe even a depth range um you know stuff like that um and we're getting a fair amount of teams are like boy we got gills and we can't find our crappies and you know and you'd have vice versa some teams are like got our crappies dialed in but man we can't seem to figure out where the where the gills are and we knew, much like Maple, that those pumpkin seeds and hybrids were really going to come in to play on this event because the gills in this lake, even more so than Maple, are just, like, anemic. So you'd easily get a bluegill that was longer than a pumpkin seed or hybrid, but they're, like, wafer thin. So they just weigh nothing. So, like, your bump board is about as good as just making sure it's a legal fish. After that, like, if you don't have a scale, you're kind of guessing, you know. Thankfully, we have a digital scale, and that thing comes in huge. Because um, those big, thick, bulky pumpkin seeds and hybrids, that's that's where it's at, at least on this particular lake, the last two lakes, actually. Um, so we wanted those, and, and a little bit of doubt creeping into our minds because much like maple... We hadn't really seen a lot of them. Like, we, we would see them, and uh, we'd call them Hollywoods because they, like, you, you put the camera down, and they immediately come up to the camera as close as they can get, and then they turn sideways just, like, show off. So it's just like, oh, got a Hollywood over here. And um, I don't know, that nickname seems to have stuck, uh, which I think is kind of funny. You know, you hook one, and you bring it topside, you're like, Hollywood. <laughs> And those are the good ones. I mean, that becomes a, a very fun thing to say and a very fun thing to hear from your partner. Um, and it, it's bled over into uh, another team, one of the new teams 
this year, um, Travis and Jim, who they came over from MN Pan, and who they play second in Maple. And uh, they live near there, so they offered up a place to, to stay. Um, or Travis lives near there, I should say. So we stayed at Travis's house along with the other team from MN Pan, Bobby and Wyatt. And so we all stayed up way too late um, having an adult beverage or eight and uh, spinning tails. And uh, it was fun. A lot, of, a lot of fish stories, a lot of laughs. Um, and, yeah, uh, stayed up way too late. But, uh, <laughs> but, hey, you know, it's all part of it, right? <laughs> it was a lot of fun, though. And, uh, oh, man, I bought uh, like a house gift or a thank you for staying at Travis's. I got him this. Uh, he said he was a vodka drinker. I'm not really a vodka drinker, so I went out and, uh, to this bottle shop and on recommendation bought this cool-looking bottle is what originally caught my eye. So I asked about it, and the guy at the bottle shop's like, yeah, that's that's really good vodka. You know, that's kind of just over the rocks. Drink it straight. And I was like, mm, if you say so. But a uh, cool-looking bottle, organic vodka from Hawaii. And uh, it actually was phenomenal. Like, it was really good. I'm not a, vod- vod- not a vodka drinker. Definitely not a straight vodka drinker. Uh, but I could easily drink that stuff straight. Super smooth. Actually had flavor to it. It was um, very pleasant. Very pleasant indeed. Uh, so anyways, there's a nice sidetrack. Uh, so if you're like, if I had the name of it, I'd give you the name. You go out and try it if you're a vodka fan. I don't remember. It's in a little, it's like a round bottle. Kind of kicks off to the side. Uh, bluish glass. It's made in Hawaii. It's organic. How many of those can there be? You know, ask your ask your liquor store dude, or Google it. You'll you'll probably figure it out. But so, anyways, we're rolling around. We did fish. So, if you were listening to the last last week's recap and rant, where I talked about how we had found, I had found this spot where I found four really good gills. The rest were tiny, and then we wanted to go just fish, and uh, with like Lanky and Hunter. And so we were like, well, we can go to that spot because big deal. We're not really giving up any spots. We weren't really planning it. And then proceeded is like crush, really nice fish, good keepers, crappies, and gills, ends with pumpkin seeds. Like, oh, my God, we just gave away a good spot. So Saturday, kind of the same thing springs up again. Some people just want to go fish. Cameras were dead, you know, that kind of thing. So, well, let's just go back to that spot. You know, we already gave it away. What's, what's the big deal? And uh, then they weren't really there. You know, we, we caught some, but um, definitely not in the quantity and or quality that we had the day before. So that was a real hit and miss spot. Don't think that one was going to be on our checklist. Uh, that was more of a, like, break glass in case of an emergency. If we weren't finding any fish anywhere else, we would go try that. And which, I don't know, for better or for worse, we also put that other, like, community spot in the same thing like i don't want to go there because i know it's going to get a shit ton of pressure uh, but if we have to we know we can go get some fish there kind of a thing and we didn't end up going there but i'll get to that i'm still on saturday and uh well that was that that was saturday <laughs> we fished this spot don't know that's right then we tore off and to another spot that um, somebody else had and so we we fished over there and uh Proceeded to catch the fish because he was like, you know, we we cameraed some crappies here, but we can't get them to bite. He's like, if you can get them to bite, blah, blah, blah. So we're out there, and Lanky's there, and Hunter, and Giz, and, um, 
Giz ends up catching a crappie, and he's like, what do you mean, like this? And, you know, so then that whole shit-talking thing started. And we're like, oh, maybe we can't get him to bite. Or who knows? Like, when they fished it, maybe it was, and again, we're getting towards evening. Maybe it's a low-light thing. Who knows? But these fish are, like, buried in the weeds. Um, so, like, your electronics, if you don't have, you know, good electronics or know how to read your electronics, you're definitely going to struggle. You're basically uh, fishing blind. Or like uh, Kevin Wildunk says, you're bird boxing it. <laughs> if you, anybody have seen that movie? Um, so you're just, you're, yeah, you're fishing blind. Um, but with my Vexlar FL28 on weed mode, low power, you can kind of get that thing to dial in where you can you can easily fish in the weeds and uh, still still use your electronics effectively. I love my 28. That thing is awesome. Um, so then that's how, that's how we finished the night and it's starting to snow. The wind was kicking up anyway. So we barrel off the lake. Um, that was a cold ride into the wind. And so then that leads us to the night of drinking and the vodka and the beers and the this, and the that's, I made some venison. I made, uh, um, Travis made some venison. I made some potatoes and it was good. So we wake up with some nice fresh snowfall day of the day of the tournament. Didn't get a ton. It was a, a few inches. Um, but in this uh, neighborhood of Travis's, uh, apparently you're not supposed to park on the street because uh, I got a ticket. Yeah, two of us got tickets, parking tickets. So that's that was a fun way to start the morning, and it was also kind of a little uh, a little glimpse into kind of how the day might go. <laughs> so we uh, we get going, we get rolling, and. Uh, we get to the lake, and we're running behind. I don't know why. We just got, well, probably because we hardly had any sleep. And one of the things, like, so he lives close to the lake, which is great. So I didn't have to drive an hour and a half to the lake. He's, like, 10 minutes away. Um, but then and it's like if you live too close to your job, like you're habitually late because you're just like, oh, I'll be there in no time. So you just underestimate your allotted time. Anyways, so we were one of the last trucks to get to the landing. And, of course, finding a spot was problematic. Um, Joel runs around, he, he finds a, like a side spot. He pulls into that. He proceeds to get stuck. We're like, well, I guess that's where you're parking. And so he starts unloading his stuff and I start unloading my stuff. Um, he already had, uh, the, like previously in the week when he was out scouting, um, he had the drill issue, lost some parts or whatever. So I'm like, well, we're going to have to use one of my U-bolts from, from my clamp plate put on his to make a working uh, auger so we did that we're getting that already in the morning um i was kind of putting together like this week we were going to try like using a cooler live well type of a system no aerator just like um there's a, a theory rolling around out there that there's only a handful of teams that are using coolers instead of buckets and they're filling it up with tap water um because like when you just have your bucket and then you punch a hole in the ice and you're scooping that water in for your bucket to put your fish in that water is like super cold it's like damn near freezing if not right at freezing so you're actually pulling these fish up from warmer water and there's shock factor involved you're putting them in this cold water and so like you know crappies especially they get super slimy so you're losing some you're losing some weight there you know we're talking grams here but that that can be the difference between you know first and second place or big fish or not big fish so if you, any any little bit helps right it all adds up on really cold days like maple two years ago like um, water actually starts freezing 
in your bucket from like the outsides and fish's fins would stick to it so then you're pulling them off and you're losing fin weight like it all adds up the stress of being in there so the few people that actually use coolers and use tap water like their fish at the end of the day are still usually swimming around happy as can be i mean i think you could damn near let some of these go and they would survive um so i'm you know we're like you know what screw it i'm gonna i'm gonna try it so i went big i went and i got a one of those big like uh cargo racks that go into your hitch your receiver so i got one of those and then i bought a big cooler uh a pretty big one not like the biggest you could find but it's pretty big it's like three feet long it's you know a couple feet deep or whatever so I put that on we strapped that in filled that up with water at Travis Hall's ended up getting water all over for the kitchen floor again glimpse of the day uh, anyway so we have all that going so we're getting all this stuff together trying to be, everybody's getting out to lake getting ready for takeoff we're like oh my god running behind so we get out there and I think oh I should bring my I should probably bring my clamp plate just in case or my drill in case something breaks, but it's like it's missing that U-bolt. I'm like, ah, it'll be rattling around. I don't know if that's a good idea. I'll just leave it. Well, shouldn't have done that because shortly after takeoff, well, let's just we'll get back to that. So we all line up. You know, we give the safety speeches and all that. There's this, that, and the other thing, and then we line up. Boom, takeoff. Heat one goes. Heat two. We're heat three. Boom, we take off. We're driving, driving, driving. We see, oh, yay, nobody's at our spot, the one spot we were hoping. And so the day before we were doing our hot laps, we noticed that there was fresh boot tracks, fresh holes all over our spot. And we're like, oh, crap, somebody found it. So we weren't sure if somebody was going to be fishing there or not. And uh, so nobody was there to start the day. So we're like, sweet. We pull up there, walk up, drill, start fishing. We're catching fish. But they're just not the quality that we had in there the weekend before. I mean, so we, you know, moved around, drilled some fresh holes. And uh, same thing, catching fish, but just not, the quality just wasn't there. I mean, we got our we got our limit before we left that spot. But they were all, like, you know, just legals. Not, not the kind you want to bring in to weigh in. But while we're there... Uh, Joel's drilling, his, his drill is acting up, something's not working, he takes out of the hole, he like hits the thing, and the auger just falls off onto the ice. Thankfully, he wasn't in the hole, so the blade just didn't go down into the bottom of the lake, but uh, yeah, so that's a problem. So now, you know, and Jake had already kind of rolled up and was like, how are things going? You know, he, as he kind of visits people, Kuchemeister, I'm talking, he like runs Minnesota Made Outdoors, him and, him and Giz. So he's, you know, he usually during the event runs around and, and gets pictures and talks to people and whatever. So he was already there and he had left. And shortly after that is when our auger broke. And we we're already having issues. So um, they actually had a, a spare auger there. He's like, well, here, you can use this one, which is awesome. I mean, that just speaks like this league is people are just willing to help out like that. It's it's quite amazing. And um, so we had a working auger. So we, you know, kept fishing. And then that one broke. So we're like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. So I called Jake. I'm like, Jake, so our it's a good thing you dropped off that auger because our auger just, like, broke, broke. Like, we lost a bolt and broke. So if you're willing, I have mine in my truck. Because as competitors, once we're on the lake and the event starts, you can't leave the lake. So, you know, for obvious reasons, you go back to your truck. You know, you got some fish hidden in there or whatever. Who knows? You know, it just eliminates the cheating factor so 
Jake's like, yeah, I'll be right there. He comes back. I throw him the keys. They take off. So we're like, well, we had already put our fishing stuff away. So we're like, well, let's might as well keep fishing. We got, you know, however long it takes him to get there and come back. So we did that. Comes back. Fishing was pointless. We didn't catch anything or no upgrades anyways. So they get back. Then we're sitting there. Right, time to take off to the next spot. And Jake leaves. And, and then we um, Frankenstein these two drills together. Get a working drill again. You know, batteries are going dead faster than they should. Um, it's just like a, a concert of problems. <laughs> like things are just not going well. And uh, so we we tear off this other spot where Joel had camered up some really good crappies. And it was a... Uh, you know, kind of an out-of-the-way spot. Nobody was in there. It's a spot a lot of people probably would have overlooked. And sure enough, there's nobody's really in there. So we swoop in there right on his right on his pins and drilled out a, a large area, throw the camera down there, and did not see a scale. I mean, there wasn't there, – there was – I think I may have seen a sunfish, a little sunfish, and that, that was like it. Like nothing. We're like, well, that sucks. Um – so we had a choice to either just keep drilling that area out because if they were there yesterday, they they didn't move far, and it's just a big shallow weedy bay. So chances are they just kind of they just moved. They're in a you know who knows they could be 50 yards one way or the other. And do we risk? So here we're down to a few batteries already, um, with our makeshift broken augers. We're like, well, do we risk drilling this out and precious battery juice? for a maybe or should we go to one of our backup plans where we know there is crappies we think other teams might know about it um, but we do also know that there's some better gills those pumpkin seeds hybrids over there that could be had so that's what we do we tear off over there and we start fishing and uh, yeah we do we start picking up you know um, not many like one one here one there um, these better seeds and um slowly upgrading some bluegills but the bluegills were just like at one point in time i'm like i'm not even i stopped measuring bluegills because the bluegills just weren't going to cut it if you went to weigh in with only bluegills you had no hybrids you you had no chance of placing well you were going to be way down on the bottom um not where you wanted so at some point in time like i literally just stopped even measuring bluegills unless i had one that i pulled it up and was like oh my god uh, which never happened um i wasn't even going to waste my time because i kind of made up my mind like it's pumpkin seeds, hybrids, or nothing. Like that, I'm not even, not even bothering. And so, uh, like that, that spot was really slowing down. And then uh, we make a move over uh, to a spot because uh, there's another team that was there, and uh, we knew that they might be there because we had both kind of found the spot. And um, so we're kind of working together, um, and we're they were going over the notes. And they're like, oh, it's over at, um, we're not really quite on it. Because there was like a, a fish house they were using as a as a reference, a permanent there. And that fish house had been moved. So um, they weren't quite right on the spot. So they, we made a little bit of a move, and not huge, maybe hmm, 60 yards. And then boom, 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 we all just started catching fish. And uh, then I got a real nice uh, pumpkin seed. I was like, yeah, that's what we're talking about. actually started picking up some crappies, upgrading those a little bit. And uh, so we're riding that out. They they moved over back to the original spot we started, and we kept working kind of that, that newer area. 
and that was hmm, I don't know. So we're we're grinding the we're we're grinding the day out there, right? And we're getting some upgrades, catching some pumpkin seeds, but we still like we don't have a full limit of them. And now we're running out of time. We basically have like an hour left. So Joel's like, I'm gonna start cameraing these holes. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. If you find something good, you know, let me know. I'll come, I'll come jig that hole real quick, and I'm gonna, I'll keep mounts around and whatever. So we we are doing that, and it's working. He's like, oh, over here, and so I run over there, and sure enough, he's like, he's down there in the weeds, and I'm fishing the weeds, and I can see him moving, and I go down, and then um, he, he uh. I catch it and I'm like, oh, I got him, and it's a good one. And so he just keeps he keeps moving. He keeps going down the, the um. The you know, the he's moving around these old holes basically, and he's just camering. He's dropping it down. And he's seeing. He's like, hey, there's a crappie here. You want to come try to catch this crappie? I'll go over there, um, catch that crappie, and then we just. And then I had the idea, like, well, I'm going to keep – I kept, like, cycling through his holes, and he stopped seeing fish. And uh, so I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drill some new holes. You know, we, were, we thought they were all in this, like, isolated spot. But in my mind, I'm like, I feel like this – they could kind of be anywhere in here. So I just started drilling new holes. And it seemed like the more new holes I drilled, the more new fresh fish I caught. And in hindsight, it makes a lot of sense because when you're actually looking in there and you're looking at the, the camera – there's these huge, thick clumps of weeds in spots. You like clumps of weeds and then not as good weeds and then clumps of weeds. And these fish are relating to it. I mean, they are, they're in it. They're in, in the weeds. And so I, I just don't think that the fish are moving around much in these weed flats. I think they've kind of staked out their little territory and that's, that's where they live. Um, so in the process of doing that that last hour between me drill new holes, Joel searching with the camera, we were able to upgrade all of our gills to pumpkin seeds and hybrids. And then even right at the end, I caught um, just some of the fresh holes. I caught a couple um, decent crappie upgrades. Uh, but we really weren't happy with our crappie bag. Um, we knew that there was potentials for 10 and halfs and 11s. And, and we also knew, like, you needed all 11s to be competitive in this thing. And we definitely did not have that. We had a lot of tens and probably smaller. Um, so that sucked. And so time ran out with that. So I feel pretty good about the day, though. Like, it definitely wasn't like Maple where we were just kicking ourselves and we should have done this and we should have done that. You know, we followed our instincts pretty good that day. And if anything, my only regret, and I wouldn't even call it a regret, but just like in hindsight, you know, what we should have done because it was working is more of that camera work. So in the future, we're definitely going to do a lot more of that, um, like a lot more in that. And it's, it's a tricky thing, right? Because you're like, wouldn't two lines in the water be better than one? It's like not necessarily if, if those two lines aren't really producing, you know, when you can you have the technology, you have this little camera in your pocket that you can drop down and instantly see if there's anything in that hole worth fishing, especially in that particular scenario where they're relating so closely and hanging so tight to these clumps of weeds that it doesn't really make sense to just hang out and wait for the fish to come to you You go to the fish, which, you know, we generally do. Um, But I think in the future, there's going to be a lot more of that looking before fishing kind of a thing. 
And who knows, we may have stumbled across um, some more of those those better pumpkin seeds and hybrids. And like those upgrades on the crappies I got, same thing. I think the more we should have just drilled more holes. If we had drilled more holes, I think we up our chances of coming in contact with those better than average crappies. And just now saying that, going back to when we were just drilling camera holes and drilling a ton of holes, because we drilled this lake out. Like Joel and I really like we didn't leave too many stones unturned we put in we put in the time on this lake Um, we learned our lesson on maple and we were not going to let that happen again and so we really went after it this time and we were starting seeing those better crappies but we were drilling a lot more holes too now that i say that so again i think we should have moved more should have used a camera more and we might have been able to improve our bag so we head back to weigh in feeling pretty good about ourselves i don't think we have a great bag by any stretch i think we'll be you know middle of the pack kind of a thing i I don't know that we would if it's going to be good enough for top 10 or anything because that was our goal you know with with team of the year pretty much out of reach after event one we just you know the new goal was like getting the top 10 you know and I was reminded today talking to some friends that um, my goal for the league this year, because we finished second last year, was, you know, obviously you want to win team of the year. But with this field of really good anglers, that's just a really hard thing to do. Like, you can't count on that. So while that's a great, like, I, it would be awesome if it happens, I can't really say it's a goal. I mean, you work towards it, but it's not really a goal. So my goal this year was to... Win another lake, at least one lake, and finish and remain in the top five. So we had such a bad showing on Maple. I didn't know anything outside of still winning a lake was going to be even possible. Well, after all the weights came in, we came in 10th place. So our goal of being in the top 10 came true. Now, we just made it, but 10 is still top 10, and I am not complaining. I will take it. And that actually moves us up to 10th overall. So now there's a little light at the end of the tunnel. If we can finish strong the last two events, um, we may be able to get into that top five spots. We still got a lot of work to do. Um but the you know there was a little bit of shaking up as far as the top teams now uh Nick and Leif who won last year with with domination round you know they won 3 out of the 4 events and then they won on Maple this year they came in second this time around so they only dropped they only lost one point and um but they didn't win <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance um Travis and Jim the new team from MMA, in which I stayed at their house, they came in third, and the winners were Chris Ball and Tim Karen, 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 Karen. I hope I'm I'm, I'm butchering your name, Tim. I am so sorry. Um, but they were actually the team that we were fishing next to, and we had them working with. So that was pretty cool. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, they're just really, you know, I, I feel like karma really paid off for them because even all through – Pre-fishing, we ran into them multiple times. They were putting in their time because every time we were out there, we saw them. And um, so they earned it, and they were super friendly. They shared some information. We shared some information with them. 
And uh, I just feel really good about them winning it. Like, it's they earned it. And it's nice to see some – it's their first plaque. So that's just – that's a lot of fun. And uh, so I couldn't be happier for those two guys. So congratulations on that win. And like I said, there was a little bit of a shakeup. So um, if you want to keep tabs on it, you go to Minnesota Made Outdoors, the Facebook page. They got the you know the results from Waconia. They got the the overall standings there, so you can you can kind of check that out. And uh, also just uh, follow them anyways, and then the YouTube page too, Minnesota Made Outdoors on YouTube, because we're doing this weigh-in show, and it's kind of a work in progress. We're polishing it up. Um, and we're going to be doing a, a thing on there, as well as following up with uh, what the UPL is doing and who's leading and what's going on over there. We're going to do some kind of um, laker breaker, we're calling it. We're going to break down the lake. Like for for other people, maybe they're not tournament fishermen and you're, you, know, you just want to know like how we go about breaking down a lake. Um, we're going to add that segment in to that. So stay tuned for that. Should be a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, so that's that's the weekend. We came in tenth. I feel pretty good about it. Like I said, we didn't leave a ton on the lake. Um, there's definitely things we could have improved on, but um, really not beating myself up over it. So I'm in a much better mood this week. <laughs> but however, holy smokes, was I absolutely exhausted yesterday? Oh, it was like from the moment the alarm went off in the morning, just in a fog all freaking day so like there's a few times i thought oh man i should go record this recap and rant and i just didn't have it in me i'm like i can't form words like trying to put a coherent sentence together if this would be unlistenable um so yeah we we joel and i put our best foot forward and uh came in tenth. so i'm pretty happy about that um hopefully we can do all in, in the the next event is going to be at West Rush, which is also a lake that uh, hometown heroes outdoors. Uh, the little tournament thing we got going with them is so. I don't know when I'm gonna. I don't know when I'm gonna have time to uh, to scout. I mean, I'm not. It's gonna be tough. Thankfully, I did some open water scouting, so I do have some starting points. So. This one's going to be tough because I'm just not going to be able to log in the hours uh, pre-fishing and scouting on this lake like I did with the other ones. Uh, and with Minnesota or with the uh, HHO event the Saturday before, there's one less day of, of scouting right there. So we'll see how it shakes out. So there's your there is your recap. For this week's rant, I'm going to do a little uh, hmm, house clean. Nah, not house cleaning. Um, we as outdoorsmen have some shoring up to do about how we treat other outdoorsmen. And I know I've touched on this a few times, uh, but something happened. So I recorded, and this week's episode, uh, the main episode coming up, uh, released on Thursday, is with um, a young woman named Heather Iverson. She's from Michigan. She's an outdoorswoman. Um, her and her family, they hunt and they fish and they trap. And I've been watching them on Instagram. So go check out Heather Iverson on Instagram. Um she has really good uplifting uh, content, and uh, it's just good stuff. So, you know, I set up an interview with her and had her on the show. And then shortly, a few days after I had recorded with her, she hit one of her her goals. They got they trapped their first ever otter. Like, that's pretty awesome, right? So she posts this otter. And 
you can expect to get some heat back from people that don't hunt and fish and, you know, non-outdoors and for otters because they, they kind of fall into that. They're so playful. And they they fall into that charismatic animal thing where they're just, like, off limits to people that don't hunt fish and definitely not trapping. Trapping gets, like, the worst trap of them all. Um, but what was disturbing is that a lot of the negative comments were actually coming from fellow sportsmen. And I just can't wrap my head around that. You're out there, whether you're a fisherman or hunter or both, and you've obviously justified what you're doing, probably say all the same stuff, we need to manage the species for this, that, and the other thing, which those are true true statements. But then you're going to go after somebody for a legal activity like trapping just because she and, – and you weren't – you weren't mad when she caught a muskrat. You weren't mad when she caught a raccoon or a coyote or a fox or whatever the thing is she was trapping. It wasn't until this one species, this otter, was trapped that that's what triggered you. So if you're one of those outdoors people right now, you're listening to me, and you're like, yeah, but if, you, if you're saying, yeah, but, I'm talking to you, all right? It is a legal animal to take by trapping. In fact, that's the only way you can legally harvest that animal is by trapping. So thank God we have trapping. Because all those things you say about deer and coyotes and everything else, you're like, well, we need to manage the game species. You know, it is that you're giving ammo to the antis, for one. They love it when there's infighting. That that's like the best thing. That gives them like some credibility. They're like, see, they know they're doing this bad thing. We cannot afford any of this infighting. I don't care if it's a style of hunting that somebody does that you don't agree with, a a species that for whatever reason is off limits to you. You get a little bit of that with, with wolves. You know, wolves are another one of those marquee, majestic, charismatic creatures that even within outdoors people can some they can somehow find themselves allying or parroting things they hear from anti-hunters, anti-trappers. And I can tell you this, if they were to somehow and and trapping I would say is the endangered species of the outdoor world. It's under constant attack. I mean, it's pretty much outright banned in California, I think. And they're doing things in other states where they're just limiting the how you can do it. And it only ever ultimately results into a loss of all of your hunting rights because they're not going to stop there. They're not happy that you're killing deer. And if, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And if, if, if you both agree that otters should not be targeted with mean traps, well... They're just going to use that against you. And then once that's gone, you I mean, should the trapper then stick up for you? I mean, they probably will, right? Because most trappers, in fact, I, I would I would wager probably all, if not all, 99.99999% of trappers hunt too. And they probably fish. So there are some people that just fish and don't hunt. There's rarely people. There's a few people I know. In fact, a couple of waterfallers, you know, Nick and Joe, like they don't 
they don't do anything but goose hunt pretty much. Well, Joe deer hunts, I think, a little bit. But for the most part, it's goose hunting, and that's it. Or waterfowling, and that's it. So, But generally, you have, like, there are fishermen. There are some just, just fishermen, where that's all they do. They don't hunt, don't trap. There, If you hunt, chances are you also fish. But if you trap, you probably hunt and fish. <laughs> so you're, like, you're full-on in the outdoor space doing all of it. And, and I'm thankful for it. I'm glad. You know, I did a little trapping in my day not much you know and there was a big drop off with the fur prices not that that's ever really why i did it but you know it's a little more incentive to go trapping when you can get 10 bucks for a muskrat versus a dollar <laughs> you know there's just doesn't really pay off uh your time is is better spent especially somebody like me who has like eight thousand irons in the fire and uh if you're not getting something back from it it's really not uh it's easy to go, yeah, I think I'll just go fishing. But um, So we really need to police, do a better job at policing ourselves and just catching ourselves. And do some real deep thinking on yourself. If you find yourself in that category where you are fighting against your fellow sportsmen, you know, really think long and hard if it's the hill you want to die on. If that's, you know, because there can definitely there. Is, I'm not saying there's never any room for a conversation about how we can be better sportsmen. You know, is this an ethical form of take? Is this not an ethical form of take? You know, and just coincidentally, I was getting caught up on some podcast. I listened to a meat eater episode where they were actually talking about um, trapping. This guy from Alaska was on there, and he made some really, really, really good points. Um, you know, when it comes to trapping, it's like ethical harvest you know you got these body grip style traps conda bears that kill pretty much instantly and ironically enough those are the ones that are coming under fire from definitely the anti-hunting crowd and you know just the animal lover crowd and definitely the anti-trapping crowd but some hunters even think that those are cruel which i think they're like the most humane like that is the quickest death possible so if you've ever used the argument like with deer hunting you know a rifle is is a lot faster than dying of natural causes and you're right because most wild animals don't die peacefully of old age you know as they start missing a beat or their eyesight goes and their hearing goes they get taken out by a predator they just can't feed themselves very well they usually end up starving getting sick and dying that way you know and then get eaten by a a predator when they're so weak they can't run or defend themselves or they you know get hit by a car and limp off to die slowly in the woods so yeah you're right a gunshot or a well-placed arrow way more humane far quicker than anything nature would dish up but then if you're going to attack trapping as being cruel uh you know a body grip style trap is almost instantly lethal so in the same vein you know that otter would have died a slow agonizing death more than likely and by trapping it you gave it the best death it could possibly have all animals are going to die you know we all are going to die so how would you rather go out you know slow painful dying of disease and sickness and then being eaten while you're still half alive by a coyote or a bear or something no you're probably going to take you'd probably choose the quick fast route (laughs) so let's just do a much better job of making sure we are all on the same team. And uh, if you do have a problem with, 
you know, or a question or a problem with a certain form of hunting or trapping or whatever, instead of attacking that person and going off of your more than likely uh, illogical, emotional-based opinion, maybe, I don't know, ask nicely a question about it, you know, in a, in a direct message instead of blasting them on uh, social media about being evil or being cruel or whatever. And uh, because that kind of vitriol is just, there's no room for it. We just don't, we, we cannot afford it right now uh, when we're just constantly under attack. And I don't want to sound too hyperbolic, but with the new administration moving in, we need to be even more careful and more vigilant about our hunting, fishing, and our trapping rights um, because they will come under fire and probably a lot sooner than you think. So thank you, everybody. There's your weekend recap and rant. Like I said, coming up is West Rush, the hometown hero event. Super stoked for that. And uh, so this week we got Heather Iverson, the person I just talked about. So if you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button wherever you find your podcast. It costs you absolutely nothing. And you'll have that download waiting for you when I release it. So there you go. There you have it. And there you are. That's all I got for you. Again, thank you for listening. Go like everything on Facebook, Full Scale Outdoors on Facebook, Instagram, all that fun and happy stuff. I will leave you with that. Whatever your passion, 